Hey everybody, Whitney Eckes here. Thanks so much for logging in, listening to this podcast. I just want to say thank you so much. We've grown so much literally in the last few months of just doing this podcast. I mean, we're already on episode 20. It's kind of insane um, how this whole thing has worked out. I mean, I never looked at podcasting and was like, yeah, that's my shit. Literally never, ever have I ever thought that my entire life. And especially like the reason why I created this podcast was because I thought it was going to kind of help our brand's exposure. And there was a lot of things that I wanted to talk about. Like you guys have probably noticed, I nerd the fuck out on social media and digital marketing. I was like, yeah, you know what, whatever, like I'm going to do it. And just to see your guys' responses is like the coolest thing. I mean, the growth and the community I'm I'm just really, really excited about this. You know, I, I've been on Instagram, I've been on Facebook, I've developed communities, I've done, you know, social media strategy and really kind of built audiences for our brands and for our clients. I'm really starting to see a new community that, you know, that is within this podcast. And I just want to say thank you guys so much. You know, thanks for your reviews. Thanks for subscribing. Thank you so much for just taking the time to listen because, you know, these, the people that we bring on, we, you know, we hand select and we really want to share their stories. And, you know, if there's ever anybody that you guys think that we should have on or any type of direction, you know, that you think that we should take the podcast, please message me, please email me, DM me whatever you guys would like to do, because I mean, we want to do this for you. You know, we want to talk about things that are important. We want to talk about the social good and we want to talk about just the influencer movement. You know, I'm, I'm so blessed to have, you know, you guys listening and really taking some time out of your day to just listen to my freaking annoying ass voice all day long. Just thank you again. I'm really, really appreciative. I'm really grateful. And this has been such a cool thing for me. And, you know, I'm glad that you guys are enjoying it as much as I am. So getting down to it, Today, we have the rock star, Brittany Crystal, coming on our episode. And Brittany is somebody that we, I originally, I had to come up with like a pitch list of like who I wanted to pitch to to be on this podcast. Brittany was brought to my attention by a local friend of mine. I'm, I'm a big fan. You know, everyone that I bring on the show, I'm a pretty big fan of. But Brittany just really is somebody that gets it. She gets the influencer movement. She gets social media. She gets digital marketing. And she gets really how to grow your brand. She's worked with people like Gary Vee, but she's really just all about building influence, but not only influence, but really building results out. She's also somebody that really has tapped into LinkedIn and is really kind of looking into different platforms and really kind of developing strategies for people where it's going to work. You know, nowadays you can't just jump on Instagram and Facebook either as a brand or a personal brand and just expect, you know, traction and expect, you know, results. So what Brittany does is she really hones in on those different types of things and really looks at your overall vision and helps develop a strategy for that. So without further ado, I I really, really am excited about having her come on. She drops so much value on this episode. She kicks ass. She's a girl boss. And like, when I say a girl boss, like she's a fucking boss and a half. And I'm so excited for this episode. So let's just get right into it. Under the Influence Podcast is all about bringing together brands, influencers, thought leaders, and communities to inspire and empower a positive impact. Each week, I will dive into the power of influence over the ever-changing, trend-chasing, and slightly obsessed entrepreneurial and influencer community. We talk insider tips, tricks, the latest buzz, 
and even our top not-so-secret happy hour cocktails. My name is Whitney Eckes. I'm the owner and founder of Eckes Marketing and the Influence Movement, and we are about to get under the influence. Welcome back to Under the Influence Podcast. My name is Whitney Eckes, and today I have on the personal brand and growth expert, Brittany Crystal Hoffman. Brittany is amazing. She has this awesome podcast called Beyond Influential Podcast, where she really dives into influence. She's also worked with some amazing people like Gary V. And she's actually launching this amazing program that's really focused in on LinkedIn. So I'm excited to not only hear her story, but to just have her just talk with her about influence and talk with her about her value that she sees in the digital space. So welcome, Brittany. I'm excited to have you on. Thank you so much for having me. I told you right before we started, I'm a fan of this podcast. I've listened to a bunch of episodes. So this is super exciting for me. Thank you. Yeah, of course. I mean, I'm fangirling that you listen to our episodes. That's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I mean, I feel like, I mean, I've totally listened to your podcasts too. And I feel like you just totally have your finger on the pulse as far as, you know, this influencer movement and what it really means to establish influence in the digital space. Well, thank you so much. And something that I just think is important for everybody is that influence to me, like I named mine specifically beyond influential because influence is bigger than influencers. And my ethos is that every industry has influencers, decision makers, tastemakers. Why shouldn't it be you? So it's really way more broad than just the social space. Well, tell us a little bit about how you got started. Like, what is your story? How did you even come to creating a podcast, creating a business? Like, where did you start? Got it. Okay. So I'll give you the shortened version. Like you said, now I'm a personal brand and social growth expert. What I do now is teaching entrepreneurs and entrepreneurial minded people how to grow their influence online to get real life results. But I started as a lawyer. (laughs) Basically, I decided in law school, I was at Georgetown for law school. I knew right away that was not right for me. Social media was, I think Facebook came out when I was in college. And I wasn't really paying attention to that. I grew up in LA, wanted to work in Hollywood. I wanted to decide what went on TV, whether that was being an agent or some kind of executive. And I really got pushed into, you know, I'm a millennial. So at the time it was going the safe route. My parents were like, no, no, no. You know, you don't want to go be an agent. People steal your clients. What you want to do is be an entertainment lawyer. And so I went through the entire process. I was in law school when the economy was tanking. I was doing securities regulations litigation, which is as boring as it sounds during the summers. <laughs> and I was like, this is not, this is not for me. I can't, I can't do this. I was more miserable than I'd ever been in my life during those summers. And I was never making, well now since then I have been, but at that time, never making more money, you know? And so I made sure to, I passed the bar, passed the bar in New York to make sure that nobody could ever take that away from me. And then I moved to L- back to LA to uh, kind of start working in entertainment. And then I had a series of jobs in the entertainment industry from working at a talent agency, working at a management company, I worked at a production company, and I worked at a network. And I started in scripted TV, moving into reality TV. And during that entire time, not only did I feel like the industry was not for me, but reality TV was really kind of setting up, setting the tone for what is YouTube and social media now and where we're, our attention is. And so I realized that that industry wasn't for me, but I knew something about marketing and branding. Like I knew I knew what would stay on the air. I knew I knew when I met somebody who had like it, whatever you want to say it is. 
but I didn't know how to apply that. And I was getting paid crap and I didn't know what to do. So I was going to uh, apply to business school, which sounds so crappy after I already went through, you know, this other expensive degree. And my now fiance, this was back in 2014, sent me a Gary Vaynerchuk tweet. And I had no idea who he was. And he was just like, I think you'll like this guy. You don't need to go to business school. And the tweet was just opening an LA office. Like that was the whole thing. And I told my fiance, well, boyfriend at the time, I was like, nobody gets a job through the internet. Like you need to network and meet people. He was like, just apply. And so I picked a job I thought I could get off the website and I got called back and went through the five rounds of interviews and got that job at VaynerMedia. Because wow. I knew that where social was headed, but I, I knew this was where the world was going, but I just needed to get my foot in the door. So that was in 2014. And then just to make a long story even longer, four months in, I got to be on Gary's. It was the first time meeting Gary. It was the Christmas party. Gary was on my trivia team. It was at this British pub. The office at that time, New York, I think total VaynerMedia had like 300 people, but that office had 30. And so I got a ton of one-on-one -on -one time with him. The next month he came back and he was like, you're overqualified for what you do. What do you really want to do? And he told I thought I wanted to invest his money because I actually used to play poker. And he basically told me, he was like, nah, he was like, you should look into influence and growth hacking. And then he asked me if I'd consider moving to New York. And then over the next few months, we had a series of conversations that at the, like the summer of 2015, he was like, listen, I'm about to get really serious about my personal brand online. I think you know something about influence. Give me a year, come out to New York for a year. And in my head, I was going to treat that as my MBA which is exactly what I did. I moved out in October, 2015. And I thought I was, so my goal was not only to treat it as an MBA, but I was like, I'm gonna pitch him a startup idea at the end of this year. I knew I wanted to work for myself in some capacity or have ownership. And I actually didn't expect it at all, but I fell completely in love with personal branding, working on his brand team. And I got to learn everything that it takes to build a personal brand online. Like I had to be able to, literally do everything aside from hold the camera and design from PR, find influencers to hold his book, uh, content strategy, like you name it. I had to touch it because we were such a small team and building out to the scale that it is now. I just fell in love with it and we can go from there, but that was like really where it started for me. Wow. I mean, that's, that's such an incredible story. I mean, especially going from like law school and to connecting with him and, you know, I mean, I feel like every, I mean, Gary Vee now is like a household name, you know, it's, yeah, it is crazy. But I mean, that's, I mean, tell me more about, you know, your passion for personal brands, because I mean, one thing that I did notice about you and what I think everyone notices about you is that you love to work with entrepreneurs, right? Like you love that entrepreneurial mind. And from even, you know, what we see with entrepreneurs is now we're starting to really find a place for entrepreneurs in this, mm -hmm. in the digital space where it wasn't, it wasn't so easy for, you know, like a business owner to step in front of the company or for, you know, a personal brand to put their name on something or even on their blog. So tell us a little bit about like your passion for personal brands. So we have so much control over our lives and the potential is honestly limitless right now. If anybody's listening to this podcast, they have access to the internet and they can create their own niche, their own business. And the reason I like more particularly, I say entrepreneurs and entrepreneurial minded people is because they put in the work and people who are entrepreneurs and business owners, they always, for your business to succeed, you need to have a bigger vision. And those people have drive. And I want to work with people who have 
a purpose and help them figure that out. So that's why I focus on that area. I've definitely, you know, dabbled in the more influencer that you typically think of space. And this isn't supposed to be offensive, but there are very few influencers who really truly think about the business at large and really want to grow something bigger. And that's why I lean into the entrepreneurship thing. And, you know, I'm not somebody who thought I'd ever be in quotes talent. Like I was supposed to be a behind the scenes person who was doing law and just, you know, the goal at the growing up was to make good money. And now I realize we can all do so much more and it sounds hokey, but it's, it's true. And that was what was awesome. So when I was working for Gary, I had to find 750 influencers to hold his book for free. And this was, you know, influencers were becoming a thing and DM a bunch of people that I knew were following Gary and just ask them. And I was getting back so many messages, so many, like from people who I had no idea were connected to him in any way, writing back saying, Gary's book, Crush It Changed Their Life. Crush It Changed Their Life. Crush It's the reason that uh, they're doing what they do. His content is the reason they're doing what they do. And I just saw all of these people and I was like, he has such a huge impact that I don't even think people realize the magnitude. And I got to see that firsthand and really felt like me working on his brand at the time was really bringing something to other people's lives and re- truly adding value, not just in, you know, when people talk about value add, like was actually changing lives. And I was like, this is, he has a message to be shared. And I think, I think pretty much most other people do too. And entrepreneurs really do because for, like I said, for your business to succeed, takes a lot of fucking work. <laughs> I mean, I love that you, I love that you put it in that light because I think now too, we're seeing, you know, people keep talking about this, oh, the, you know, it's so, it's so saturated. It's so saturated. Like everyone's an influencer, like everyone wants to start their own blog. But I think that you really nailed it when you said, you know, he, there's influencers out there that want just kind of what everybody else wants, but then there's those that are going to put in the extra work and they have the entrepreneurial spirit that take it to the next level. And I think also too, that speaks for itself. I mean, you look at people like Jenna Kutcher. I mean, you look at Lauren mm-hmm. Everett's, you look at, you know, these people that, yeah, they're influencers. Yeah. They're girly. Yeah. They're representing this awesome brand, but they are some of the smartest business minds out there right now. And so I, I totally see that. And I think too, that's what also takes, you know, I'm going to kind of back up for a second. I've, I've had so many people ask me, you know, like, Oh, like, what does it take? Like, what does it take to be an influencer? What does it take to be signing, you know, these deals and making six figures and, you know, really working for yourself. I feel like so many people are like, Oh, like just keep going. Like, just keep like, you know, it's a lot of inspirational talk, but in the end it is really treating it like a business and it really is setting up your goals and, you know, taking it to that next level and really kind of seeing, you know, what are you, what are you going to make out of it? And then, you know, how dedicated are you to go for it? Yeah. It's having a bigger vision. Just like you said, it is Influence is a business. I don't care what type of influencer you are. If you want that longevity, it is a business. And just in general, there is no true secret to success. It's a lot of consistency. It's relentless consistency. It's that grit. I mean, we can talk about the three components that I think make up every brand, a personal brand or regular brand that what makes them successful. But at the end of the day, it's being clear on who you are. It's being consistent and showing up, putting out content that matches that clarity and that vision and building that community. And that doesn't need to be, you know, a hundred thousand followers. That's just giving a shit about the people that care about you. And it's, I mean, it's just so basic. You know, people worry about reaching all of these different people, but you've talked about it on this podcast before. There's a reason that the nano influencers and micro influencers, and we're taking a swing back that way. 
because those people truly do have influence. There's always influential people in your, like literally if you look probably at your circle of friends, there's one friend that you rely on for whatever, trust them for this thing. And people can leverage that. It's not only for people who have some crazy special talent. I love, yeah, I love that you referred it back to like friends. Cause I think that's one thing that we're, you know, we've, we, I feel like I'm trying to constantly study social media and it actually, Mm -hmm. the one thing that I've learned just from studying social media is that it all goes back to human behavior. I spend so much time looking, I spend more time now and I know we'll probably talk about accounts and people I follow later but I spend the majority of my time now looking at the people who are following me, looking what they're doing, looking at people who I'd want in my audience. What are they interested in? Like, it's just a study. It sounds super lame, but it's totally a study in sociology. It totally is. It totally is. And I, it's so funny you say that. I've actually been doing the same thing. <laughs> I'm like stalking all my followers. They have like no idea. It's great. Me too. <laughs> but it, it is. And it, it totally, I mean, and it, that's something too, that's really interesting because when we, you know, when we represent brands and, you know, like small businesses and things like that, they're like, Oh, like Whitney, what's like the secret sauce. And I'm like, well, it honestly depends on all what, what is your consumer doing? You know what we yeah. have to really take ourselves and I think too, that's where we see, and I'm sure you can touch on this too, but for business owners that want to break into social media, you know, bridging that gap of making sure that your social media is still, you know, a line of personality for your business and a lot, an actual, an actual connector from your consumers to you. And it's, it's, it's a little bit of a learning curve. And I feel like we're still trying to wrap our heads around it. Well, it's crazy to me what, just to piggyback off what you're saying it's another reason why I like to work with people who are entrepreneurs for the most part is because they need to focus on a target market. They need to know who they're speaking to. And it's so important to find that. I know people talk about avatars or I call it your ideal content consumer. You need to know that person inside and out and have that personal connection with them. Like that is the mistake that people make is they're just putting out just like kind of random content that they think matches their brand, but they're not considering the consumer. And for me, personal branding, I always tell people it's about you, but it's not about you at all. It's about them. I think that's one of the best tips I've ever gotten is that it's, it's about them and making it about them. And I feel like that's so true too. And when it comes to building your audience, what is like your best influential tip that you could give or the best piece of like influential advice you've ever received? I mean, it's so, I feel like they're so cliche, these things, because there are no secrets, but the best influential tip is Oh, I hate saying it, but it's being yourself. It's, being, <laughs> it, it's the clarity, like I said, it's being clear on who you are. It's the consistent content that matches that. It's walking the walk and talking the talk. And then, you know, not worrying about bringing other people into your ecosystem. It's about taking care of the people who are there. And that, those people, over time, consistently, you're going to win. There are no, there literally are no secrets to it. And people ask me all the time, because I worked with, you know, Gary and Marie Forleo, and I've worked with these high level, you know, millionaires and billionaires. Yeah. And they're all so themselves, you know, maybe they'll look kind of in the way they're actually studying the consumer too. Something that I learned from Gary to do, if I'm anywhere public, I'm looking what other people are doing on their phone. I'm watching to see if, you know, if I see a teenager, I'm like, what are they doing? If I see someone older, I'm like, what are they doing? Are they on Instagram? Are they on Snapchat? What's happening here? It's, it's paying attention and just doing, but also doing your own thing. Like maybe you see that they're all using Snapchats. You get on Snapchat, but you do it in your way. Yeah. And they're just so who they are. And I think people have to reach that point where 
they're consuming with an eye toward learning and not with an eye toward copying what's hot. You know, I think, I think you nailed it. I think you really kind of built that out too, because I think we hear, you know, be authentic, be authentic, yeah. be authentic. And I think a lot of people too, don't under, don't necessarily do it. Like you said, like themselves, right. They kind of, maybe they're, they think that being authentic means oversharing or, mm-hmm. you know, constantly being, you know, active on Instagram or things like that. It doesn't necessarily being like themselves or their brand. So let me ask you a question. So how, what is the best way to get a community to show up? What is the best way to go after your target market in, you know, in the digital space as a personal brand? Well, definitely to be engaging with them if you already know who you're going after. But then, like you were saying about being authentic, what does that mean? You need to put yourself out there. Like there's no getting around, you know, there's people who have very established voice, which is why I could write for Gary at that point, because I knew what he was going to say. Like that's the kind of voice that you want to establish, but people don't get there by posting, you know, once a week, you're not going to know how to say, you know, what you want to say. And maybe it's, you know, people get discouraged when something doesn't work right away or somebody doesn't, you know, there's not a shit ton of engagement right off the bat, but you need to figure out what you like talking about. And it's that balance of not only what they want, but what you want. So it's putting out that content, being clear about the kind of thing that you want to talk about, but also then spending time and there's no better replacement for genuine engagement. And I know with the bot culture and and Instagram, that's hard, but that also makes it so much easier to see when you really get an authentic comment. And it's something I really liked about, we'll talk about LinkedIn, but you can actually grow on LinkedIn without posting your own content because of the way their algorithm works. So leaving valuable contents or comments, I've gotten, I've gotten plenty of business off of it. And I've seen Tons of other people get business solely off of leaving smart comments. Like it's pretty crazy. That's so interesting. So what do you mean by like a smart comment? Like what, what qualifies as a smart comment? Like let's say somebody is talking about branding trends or, you know, there's people just ask questions for engagement. Like what do you think about XYZ? Yeah. Leaving a thoughtful answer about what you think branding trends are this year or whatever related to influencers or just anything that shows any kind of insight where you actually give a thoughtful opinion about the thing that you do. I mean, it's mind blowing. People get impressed by that and other people see it. And because of their algorithm, it shows up in feed outside of your network and outside of their network, like second and third degree connections. So other people who might be interested in that topic, but don't know you see your comment and they're like, Oh, that person has something valid to say. They see your picture, they see what you do. And then there's more chance of them to find you where there wasn't before, where maybe they wouldn't have been searching for you and didn't know. I feel like too, that kind of goes back to this trend that we're seeing of like, everyone is wanting an expert, you Mm. know, and you're kind of, like you said, like leaving a smart comment. I feel like that kind of corners you as the expert, you know, and even if it is just you just kind of sharing your opinion, you know, it's giving a little bit more validity to your name. And to, like you said, someone going out there and finding you. And the other thing about finding an expert, just like any, you know, hiring a photographer, hiring a creative, people might be really great at what they do, but you might not love their personality or you might love a certain type of personality. So getting out there and just commenting kind of gives you, again, that opportunity to share your perspective and your voice, which is more of a reason not to be copying what anyone else is putting out there. And I hear this all the time with a Gary. Why would I pay for a second rate Gary or somebody that's just copying Gary if I can pay for Gary? I mean, totally. I think that's, I just think that's such, I just think that's such an interesting thing. And I think that's a really, really great piece of value and a great takeaway, especially for our listeners is to 
really be engaging and really kind of showcase you. I think, again, I think we're always looking, everyone's looking for the secret sauce. Everyone wants to kind of the one, the one tool to, you know, make them a personal brand or get them to where they want to go. And I just, I love it. You know, you're kind of expressing the fact that you kind of need to do you, you need to follow your brand, you need to be clear. And that you you also, yeah. And that you also need, I mean, be smart, you know, engage with people, be yourself. Cause I mean, everyone's going to know if there's a little bit, you know, if you're trying too hard or if there's a little bit of inauthenticity, there we go, you know, (laughs) in what you're saying. So I, I think that's great. We're, you know, I want, I want to talk about social media platforms with you because I'm really Mm -hmm. excited to talk about it with you and nerd out with you. So let's start with, where do you see social media going? Where do I see social media going? I see, well, obviously more and more of it. There's going to be, I think social media takes a swing and we've already seen this. You go from, you know, when Instagram started, it was super curated. Then you push back toward the raw and real. And then they push back a little bit to the, you know, the curated. And then it pushes back to the real. So we're going to see a bunch of swings in that way. Something I think we're going to see a lot of in the future. And this might be, I don't know, five to 10 years down the road is really people who either don't use social media at all or training people from the mental health standpoint, I think we're going to have a huge issue and that's going to force us into some tough conversations. Totally. Like, I think that's exactly what's going to happen because I know coming up, I, I don't know if I could have handled social media as like a tween or how that would have affected my self-esteem or how that kind of affects your friendships. I love social media. I work in it, but I also understand, you know, there's a balance and, And now I know mental health stuff is coming to the forefront and being mindful. I just think as a society, we're going to need to kind of take a step back and think about what's, what's really happening. And I know that's kind of a darker answer, but it's true. And I think we just need to be more mindful overall, but I don't think social is going anywhere. (laughs) No, I don't, I don't think so either. I mean, I had a Allie Grant on here. Let's see. I think she was one of our, she was, she was closer toward the beginning of some of our first episodes and she coined it the social good aspect. And I've never heard anyone. I mean, she, I don't know if she got it from somebody. I don't know if she just came up with it, but I've always referred to it as the social good, right? Like what are we doing? That's going to positively impact our community from a social media standpoint or from a digital standpoint. Um, and I think, I don't think your, I don't think your answer was dark by any means. Cause I think it's really real. And I think you know, we're just, we're in a new time now where social media is everything and it's actually impacting our health. So, I mean, and that's also too, why we also kind of wanted to start the influence movement because we wanted to talk about the good, the bad, the ugly in social media. We wanted to talk about what it's, what it actually means to influence your community, you know, as an opinion leader. When we were, when I was with Red Bull, they weren't called influencers. They were called opinion leaders. They were called Mm. the cool kids. They were called people that we would go after and say, okay, look, we need to get a thousand cans in Orange County's top cool kids, you know, (laughs) and across all the colleges. How are we going to do it? How are we going to get a picture of them? So it's, it's really interesting. And I I mean, so that's going to actually lead in kind of my next question. I still want to hear about, you know, social media and platforms and whatnot, but like, what do you think, you know, these personal brands can be doing to be a better influence upon their community? I think realizing, first of all, that there are people watching you that you don't even realize are watching you. I think people really don't take that into account, especially if they see a number that they think is low next to their name. I always talk about this on my podcast. I don't know if you've heard of Kevin Kelly's 1,000 True Fans, but it only takes, 
it only takes a thousand true fans to truly build out, let's say a six figure business. If you have a thousand true fans and each person spends a hundred dollars on your product, that's a hundred thousand dollars. We have way more reach than we think. And so I think it's really important to leverage that, to leverage that in ways that make you feel good. I think that starting out, depending on what your business is, it's hard to think about affecting people at a larger level. Usually when people start, they're worried about me, 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 because you're worried about making a living and, you know, put the oxygen mask on yourself first. But there does hit a point that I've noticed with everyone where that shifts, where you realize, once you realize you have that influence, that you can do something more. You can have those conversations that are meaningful. I've noticed a shift even in my own, you know, like let's say Instagram content where, you know, before maybe I'd post pictures of travel and whatnot. And now I'm like micro blogging on the platform about things that I think matter because I know I have, I feel like I have a responsibility. I like that you talk about the responsibility because I think I don't, I don't think everyone kind of realizes that there are people watching and people are watching what you're doing. People are, you know, there are people that either, you know, that are looking up to you or that they're buying what you're selling. And, you know, just like a, just like a brick and mortar business, like there are things that you are responsible for. You're responsible for that community. You're responsible for that social good aspect. Now, you know, there's, there's just this level of, you know, having this response. I can't think of another word besides responsibility, but responsibility. <laughs> I try to tell people in advance that people give a shit about you, but also no one gives a shit about you. So mm -hmm. I don't want people to be in that place where they feel like, oh my God, I need to be posting amazing things every day. And my life is going to end if I don't do that. No, but just realize that when you do post, you are being watched. So you should post, but at the same time, you know, if you don't feel it or like, don't, don't burn yourself out on it. There's yeah. the, it's, everything's a balance that way. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I mean, so I think that first off, I think all the value that you're dropping on here is amazing. I'm, I'm so excited to even chat with you a little bit after this call, but I wanted you to talk a little bit about LinkedIn. I feel like you're one of the first people that I've actually really talked to about LinkedIn and really kind of dove into it with it. I know we've mentioned it a couple of times on the podcast, but tell me about the LinkedIn space. Tell me what you see. Tell me where you see where it's going. Just give me the full lowdown. So LinkedIn has completely changed. I'm sure most people who are listening to this, pretty much everybody has a LinkedIn account. They started at some point. Like I joined LinkedIn, I had to go back and check and it was like 2008 when I was in law school. And you know, that's where I went to update my resume when it was time to apply for a new job. But basically what's happened and even working for Gary and now working, you know, just in the online space, LinkedIn, even two to two and a half years ago was still a place where you put your resume or maybe you threw up a piece of content like an article, but it was boring and corporate and for recruiters and not for entrepreneurs and not for influencers, blah, blah, blah. And then basically what happened is uh, Microsoft acquired LinkedIn in 2016 and basically everything started shifting. And it's been pretty awesome to watch because now, so just for, to back up, LinkedIn makes money because they sell ad space, just like a Facebook, you know, they sell ads and they, you know, those products to help recruiters search. But in order for those to work, they need people to be on the platform. They need people to be posting content. They need people to be using LinkedIn. And so they really started focusing on content creation in the last year and a half, they introduced native video. Now you can upload native videos to LinkedIn and that's been huge. It's the lowest barrier to entry of any platform that I've seen right now. You'd think that people would be putting up these polished videos because the image of LinkedIn is still super corporate, 
but it's not because that push and pull, like I said, people don't want to see the branded content. People want to just see, it's almost like Snapchat on there and a video that's just like a Snapchat type video does very, very well. Like a video on LinkedIn only needs to be 30 seconds to two minutes. Like you can just drop a tip, a 30 second tip every day if you want to. The algorithm is hands down the most friendly algorithm and straightforward algorithm that I've seen. They really are encouraging authentic connections. LinkedIn right now is, is Facebook and Instagram five or six years ago. The going is fucking fantastic. I don't even know. This is what I've been telling people in less than a year. I just want to give you even just my results in less than a year. I'm talking, I think I was using it. Just, I started really focusing on it last fall. And by really focusing on it, I'm saying definitely less than an hour a week, definitely less time than it took me to make, than it takes me to write a caption for, you know, Instagram. I was getting high quality clients and referrals, people who pay real money because the majority of people there, it's like 44% make over 75,000. I was getting six figure job offers. I started getting speaking opportunities, paid and unpaid speaking opportunities, brand partnership inquiries. People think that's not where influencers are. Guess what? People are realizing and brands are realizing that these people have influence there. Uh, Collaboration, podcast, interview requests. And then I've met some really awesome people in real life. Like, it is just, it is so wide open. I can't even, like, I, I, it blows minds when I finally sit down and tell somebody about it. And they're like, what? And then they start using it and they're like, oh my God. I actually had a girl write me a testimonial from my course a week ago. She started using it in, in January. So a few weeks ago, she wrote me 11 days in and she was like, in 11 days, I spent, you know, 497 on your course. I signed a $2,000 client today. Like, she wow. was like, like, that's what's happening there right now. And I can't even tell you how exciting it is. And the, it's just such minimal effort compared to the people. I'm sure you have a ton of people listening to this podcast who are all over Instagram. They're posting all the time. They're commenting all the time. They're doing the hashtags. They're doing all the things. It's super exhausting. And I'm like, this isn't exhausting. Even something the length of a tweet can go viral on LinkedIn. Like that's- you don't even need to be doing these crazy tactics. It's just way more... I guess way more relaxed and that's really nice for a platform in this space. I feel like LinkedIn too, like I told you, I'm, I'm kind of guilty for not leveraging it as much as, as I probably should. But I, the one thing I loved about LinkedIn is I feel like, like you said, you nailed it when you were like Facebook or Instagram five or six years ago. I feel like I have instant access to people that I would love to have access to. A hundred percent. The people that you like try to find the CEO of whatever brand you're interested in on Instagram, you know, like, or like the VP of marketing at wherever on Instagram, they're not out there and they're not necessarily influencers in that space, but on link on LinkedIn, the mentality is different. They're there to network. They're there to do business. So if you have, instead of tagging your favorite brand every time on an Instagram post, why aren't you connecting to directly the people at the brand up and down the chain and building a real relationship? This is why I say, I like the entrepreneurial minded people because that's thinking like you have a business that is dealing like you can make content showing that you understand your business. And why wouldn't I want to, as a brand, why wouldn't I want to work with someone who not only has a captive audience, but also knows what they're talking about, who appears responsible, who gets it. Like it's so, it's it's such a no brainer to me. I'm, I'm so, I, yeah, I feel like I'm going to go on there and just start writing articles on LinkedIn now. So watch me go. Um, (laughs) 
No, but, you totally should. We'll talk about that after. I'm, I'll give any tips or if anybody has any questions, happy to answer them. Yeah, guys, please hit up Brittany. I mean, this course looks amazing. And I mean, I feel like it's, it's just, I was reading through the value that you're going to be offering and it's so interesting. I, and I think things like that too, you know, everyone we're really, I mean, what we're seeing too in personal brands is that it's so interesting now because Instagram has just been a nightmare lately. And it's, you know, it's people say, oh, it's because they haven't learned how to monetize. Oh, because you know, that there's too many brands and influencers exchanging, you know, deals and Instagram's not involved, whatever it need be. But I feel like, like things like LinkedIn, things like people that, you know, really want to go out there and make something special with their brand can be leveraging in a new light and can be leveraging. Like you said, like if it, it has a friendly algorithm, you have instant access, you know, you're being seen, you have a place to connect with people. It's refreshing. That's refreshing. Like when I hear that, I'm like, why? Yeah. Like I need to be investing more time in that for sure. And I'm sure your listeners are attractive, but for a lot of people I speak to, especially a lot of men or even women who aren't as comfortable, you know, posting certain pictures on Instagram, LinkedIn really kind of gives you that, or maybe your audience doesn't want to hear, let's say you are a fashion blogger and really your audience there wants to hear about fashion. Mm -hmm. Then you can go to LinkedIn and speak to the executives. You can speak to those other people about the business of being a fashion blogger. So maybe, yeah, you have those different places where you can kind of get that release. Because a lot of times that is a problem for bloggers or people in the creative space that, you know, people love their creativity, but don't get to see that deeper business side of them. And that's where you can put that. Yeah, I I totally agree. I think, I mean, I think that audience level is just very different. I mean, like I said, I'm excited. I know our listeners are probably so excited. They're probably all like drafting up posts right now. <laughs> I'm like, get on there, change your picture, find your yeah. password that you probably don't remember anymore. <laughs> What's like, okay, so give us like one like daily tip that you've been using on LinkedIn that help you kind of grow and connect with people. Like what's one tip they should be doing? Okay, I'm gonna give you the link to the, so I have a profile checklist and this is literally what you should do now. So the checklist, and I don't know if you wanna put it in show notes, but it's linkedinchecklist.brittanycrystal.com. Okay. And it is, the first thing you need to do is because if you're gonna be commenting and engaging, which is what you should be doing on people's content, you need to make sure that your picture is updated and your headline is updated. You actually get 120 characters to update your headline in your bio and most people, it defaults just to their the last job they put on. So basically, and also LinkedIn ranks really highly when it comes to SEO. So there's people out there, you Google, and their LinkedIn comes up first and it's some job that they had 10 years ago. And it's like right now, no, 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 no. Like this should be your first order of business, the profile picture the and the, and the headline. Those are your two most important things because that's what people are going to see when they're looking. And to see if that like generates interest to them. Like if you're connecting to someone, those are like the two most obvious things, obviously updating your experience and including, you know, your story in the summary, being super clear about who you are and what you want to be doing or like what your goal is to be using LinkedIn for. But like hands down, the profile is the number one thing. And then engaging with the people that you want to be. That's awesome. That's such a good tip. And I, I totally agree. I think that's really important. That's if that's the first thing they're going to be seeing or even when someone was searching, that's super smart and so easy to just update. It's so easy, but people don't do it. Kind of like on Instagram where I get mad at people right away when I go to their bio and I'm like, I have no clue what you do. And I literally have, you know, seven seconds or less to make a decision if you're for me. Mm -hmm. If you don't like update it, 
just update it. I don't know what like being a dog mom has to do with your business. <laughs> like that's just, just always my, it's such a gripe. And it's like I said, that's super easy to do. <laughs> So easy. I'm the same exact way. I, 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 I even want them to start putting locations on because I'm such a big location person. I'm like, I need to know where you're at and how I'm going to connect with you. And also if I have five other friends in that same location. And also to just for people who are trying to be found by other people, I, what I like about LinkedIn is the search capability is awesome. But what I don't like about Instagram is that it's hard to find people if you're not using certain hashtags because you can't search bios. There are people who do have access to technology that allows them to search bios. So if you are trying to be found by brands, brands have access to that technology. So if you should be putting in your geography if that's important. Totally. I totally agree with that. So I, first off, thank you so much for sharing those tips and just sharing your insights on the LinkedIn. I, I mean, I think that was literally so priceless what you've spoke about and just the value you gave. Um, you. We're going to go ahead and move into some rapid fire. I love doing these questions. <laughs> I love doing them at the end. Cause I feel like, I mean, I could use them as like icebreakers, but some, I just feel like we get you warmed up by talking about your business and everything. And plus everyone likes to share a little bit more toward the end of the podcast. I don't know if they think that maybe because people aren't going to listen all the way through. But. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, shoot. I hope I have good answers. No, I'm, your answers will be great. <laughs> I, I know it. So we'll start with your favorite go-to cocktail. Favorite go-to cocktail. So I'm usually a bullet bourbon neat girl. I love bourbon. Ooh, I love it. Or an old fashioned. I'm good with that. And otherwise Spanish wine. I really like Spanish red wine. Wow. <laughs> I actually had a really clear answer for that one. <laughs> you are my kind of girl. Bullet bourbon, old fashioned, and Spanish wine. I'm a fan. My favorite. Oh, I'm we're going to have to meet up to drink then. Oh, let's do it. Anytime. Um, perfect. Okay. So what about your favorite Instagram to stalk? Favorite Instagram to stalk. Okay. So we talked earlier that I've just been kind of watching everybody else, but there's a guy who he reports on 90 day fiance. I don't know if you've heard of the, the show 90 day fiance news. Yes, I have. Yeah. So his, his handles, John Yates, I think three, two, seven, and I've just been obsessed with that show. And so I stalk his feed all the time. It's, it's like so trashy, but it's like the thing that I go to. And then I spend a lot of time aside from just, you know, stalking followers and whatnot. I love the beauty med spa stuff. So like Dr. Orion or like the beauty lounge med spa or beauty by Dr. K. I just love watching it. Yeah, I know. I'm a sucker for the... Um... <laughs> I'm like the lip injections. Like, have you ever seen like the time-lapse videos of those yes. and stuff or like the before and after? Oh, and it's so like and teeth too. Like I love watching like the veneers. I just like that stuff. <laughs> same. I Same. It's like, it makes your skin crawl a little bit, but it, you're so interested. Like you can't look away. It's great. Okay. So what about, do you have, I call it, I, I get so many, I get so much flack for this question, but I say your most favorite awful reality TV show. Some people are like, yeah, it's awful. It's trash TV. Other people are like, no, it's really good. Like I need it. Like it helps me. So whatever your favorite reality TV show is. Well, 90 day fiance and then the Jersey shore reboot, but oh. 90 day fiance. I'm, I'm, I can't even tell you, like, that is literally the one show that we sat down and we were watching. It, they're now going to go into another season of it. The last season just finished. But, like, I watch that on Sunday nights in real time. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it is. Yeah. I don't know. If, like, I'm, I feel so serious about everything else during the rest of my week. But that is just, like, I don't know. I cannot. It's a train wreck, and I cannot take my eyes away from it. Oh. So check it out. It's, <laughs> it's on TLC. 
It's the greatest. See, I'm a sucker for Vanderpump rules. I love it. I can't, I can't stop with it. I've been so invested for like, I want to say three seasons now. I'm just, I love it. No, yeah, you're committed. I'm, to- I'm, I like literally every time I go to LA, I'm like, so when are we going to pump? Like, <laughs> like everyone knows it's great. And I even, I actually adopted my dog from Vanderpump Dogs too. So I'm, oh my uh, gosh, you're a fan. I'm committed. I'm totally committed. And I watch the Kardashians too on occasion. Yeah, you got it. I mean, yeah. I, t- I tell everybody if I could pay a million dollars just to sit down with Kris Jenner and t- have her tell me all of her secrets. <laughs> She is definitely top of my list for somebody I'd want to interview. I just have to know. I think you should. I think you should absolutely interview her. (laughs) I have to. And I'm from Calabasas originally. So for me, I'm like, this is, you know, she's such an icon. Yeah, I think think you could do it. I think you can land her. I have faith in you. I'm putting it into the universe, Kris Jenner. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Okay. um, What about your favorite podcast right now? Favorite podcast right now. So I jump around depending on, I guess, where I am in my business. I love Pat Flynn's. I don't know if you've heard Pat Flynn's the Smart Passive Income Podcast. My friend Danielle Prawls, Rule Breaker, Dream Maker. I really like Amy Porterfield's podcast. I actually listen to Tim Ferriss and Joe Rogan. I think they're great. Mm-hmm. There's so many great podcasts out there, but you know, it's really dependent on the business. I started listening to like when I was going through the, I needed to build a webinar for my course. That's when I started listening to like a Russell Brunson's podcast. And then when that doesn't apply as much, then it's, you know, it's guest dependent and I'm always looking for, for new podcasts to listen to. I love that. I love that. I think so. I mean, I totally feel like podcasts are having a total moment right now, but it's just, it's, I love the podcast community. I love people that come on podcasts. I love people that have their own podcasts, but for whatever reason, podcasts have been around since like iTunes, like almost originally started and now they're having this moment. And I just, I think it's so great. I, I love that people, I I feel like people, it's such an educational aspect too. And it's just, I don't know. It makes my heart happy. I love the podcast community. And it's really where I learned them. It's actually where I've been learning the most. Like I've been reading a lot more recently because I've, just when you have a business, you need to be teaching yourself all the time. And podcasting is just so easy because, you know, it takes me, God knows, it probably takes me an hour to get ready in the morning. That's an hour where I can listen to something and learn something and not just, you know, sit in silence. Yeah, no, I totally, I totally agree with you. I, I love it. I even love like the funny ones. Like one of my favorites is my favorite murder. It will oh, always be that. It's, it's like a true crime one. And I'm not like a true crime fanatic, but these two girls just like kill it and check it out you got to check it out they're great they talk about too like they talk about some like realness like they talk about you know dealing with anxiety they talk about they even will drop you know just their thoughts on like what's going on in life and they're just they're two really really awesome people um so give it give it a shot and i guarantee you'll get hooked and it's it's you're gonna be learning i mean it's all true crime so but it's great i like true crime stuff so i'll be into it Oh, totally. Okay. What about, do you have like a favorite influencer or favorite business owner? And you can't say Gary Vee. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> I, I was actually thinking about this question and I don't, I love, I love so many of them. And I think everybody brings their own value from, you know, like I mentioned a Pat Flynn or, you know, an Amy Porterfield, or you mentioned a Jenna Kutcher and yeah, I mean, that's the thing is I don't even have time. And I know you're probably like this too. My feed is just inundated with stuff, but I don't even know the last time I even saw Gary post in feed, 
but I do yeah. respect anybody who's actually building a true business and is willing to put themselves out there. My original like inspiration was Sophia Amoruso from oh, she's fantastic. I follow her too and her girl boss content. Yeah. And I, I always kind of struggled with like an authority program, like program. I always had like an authority complex. And so having like reading her book and like seeing how she really let her brand kind of fly and she still remained herself and still had this super rebellious spirit, but you know, still wanted to give to her community and still wanted to, you know, make something out of her life and things like that. It just any, like you said, anybody that has that kind of drive and that spirit is so admirable and it's, it's just awesome. I think pretty much every person who I've spoken to who has uh, just their own business or is entrepreneurial has a, a problem with authority. <laughs> That's what I realized <laughs> that I definitely have a problem with because I just, I just like my freedom so much. So yeah. anytime I meet somebody who does have that, I'm like, oh, they're going to have a business for themselves. <laughs> totally. Okay. What about, do you have any like self-love or wellness practices that are like your go-to? Yes, I do. I started getting monthly massages that oh. has been... A fantastic investment. It's so helpful because a lot of what I do is, you know, you're sitting like I'm at a computer a lot. And I've realized that, you know, especially with the course building process, you just get into it and I needed that release. And so that was awesome. And then every morning I write in this journal that I got that it, the title of it says, I totally got this. Mm -hmm. And then basically I write each day, each morning, why I totally got this. <laughs> That's so cool. That's such a good one. I totally, I call it, yeah, I, we have a really awesome client called Saffron and Sage out of Little Italy in San Diego. And she was like, you know, you need to start coming in for cupping. She's like, you just need to. And I was like, yeah, whatever, like, uh, whatever. And uh, now we, every time I go in, I'm like, yeah, I got that social media neck problem. And they just, they, it's always, it's in the back of my neck along the top of my shoulders. Cause I hunch, I sit. Yeah. It just totally get into that position and I totally know what you mean. So that's, that's awesome. Yeah, I'm going to have to try that now because maybe that'll, that's good with the massages and in, in conjunction. Oh, you'll have to go to Saffron and Sage. You would love yeah. it. It's totally vibey. It's fun. Okay, perfect. So I, let's see. Our last question is going to be, I know you already kind of talked about it, but what in your terms, I'm not necessarily the word influencer, but what in your own terms does influence mean to you? It's trust. Like that is the simplest way I can put it because that's the only way you can influence anybody. And that always gets, that always starts a conversation with people when, you know, people come to me and they're like, Oh, I want to build my brand. I want to build my brand. And the reason you need to be clear about your brand and be putting out content is because that consistency and actually aligning with your clarity and what you're saying is why people trust you. And they'll trust you in that arena. So I like when people niche down and grow their influence that way. And I, we didn't talk about niching down at all because people oftentimes come to me and they want like some broad reaching influence. They're like, I want to be known for business. And it's like, yeah, that's cool. But you need to start in one place and then people start trusting you and then it builds out. Like every example that I've seen of somebody who is now influential in a really broad category started with something small. So it's building that, that trust factor. That's, there's no other secret to it. And that comes from consistency. I think that's so true. I love that you just simply said trust too, because I think that 
there's, there's no other true statement than that is that, you know, people looking to you for that trust and for that kind of relationship and for that connection and being able to fully trust that kind of brand or person. I, I totally agree with that. Mm-hmm. And you've been literally such a joy and you've dropped so much value. I feel like I need to like pay you to be on this podcast. <laughs> for this interview. Thank you so much. That's so sweet. <laughs> But I mean, you're awesome. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm so excited, you know, to have our listeners hear this and, you know, really, you know, come to you with any of their questions that they have. Of course, I'm going to drop everything in the show notes for you guys. I'll even put in her awesome profile checklist link, as well as the LinkedIn course that she's offering. But thank you so much for your time. And thank you for going under the influence with us. Thank you for having me. This was awesome.